Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself begin our discussion on the third article of the Augsburg Confession, The Person of Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Ricky. All right. We're, we're back at it. We're back. Uh, with a, a new arc of episodes. A new a Newark, Illinois. I know. You, that, were, you yeah. were just dying to make that joke, weren't you there, Newark? Yeah. Newark, Newark, I'm from Newark, Illinois, and the saying goes, it's the name Newark is from New Ark of the Covenant. Ah, there you go. Not Probably Newark. not Newark, Illinois, but some other Newark. Being in the Fox River area, it wasn't a new mm-hmm. ark, like you are going to have two of every kind of furry woodland creature in Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and something like that. <laughs> Jason's still riding off the glow of our interview with Gene Veith. I, uh, yeah. It, haven't checked yes. that out, go check it, that out. It's yes. a spiritual high. I'm also riding off the glow that as we speak right now, the Twins are currently undefeated and the White Sox are winless. <laughs> because uh, they're not playing. Uh, yeah, there we go. I bet you guys are going crazy with no baseball. Yeah. You know, I'm handling it well. I miss yeah. it. Uh, the thing that surprised me about all of this kind of <laughs> turning our lives upside down is going into it, I was like, okay, I'll just watch rebroadcasts of other, you know, Games that, that doesn't quite I, do it for me. I burned out on that mm-hmm. so quick, and now it's just like, yeah, I don't yep. want. I know what's happening. I don't want to watch it yep. again. Yeah, you can only do that so much, mm-hmm. you know. Because I remember, I can't remember the exact year, but when NFL yeah. went on strike, they would replay games, and yeah, yep. it's like, what's the point? Yeah, right. I, I some burned, games are are fun to rewatch. Yep, you know, they, uh, there was a a playoff game between the Cardinals and the Green Bay. Packers where Green Bay came back with like four Hail Marys at the end. And that's fun to watch, even though I wanted the Cardinals to win. But, you know, stuff like that, just like crazy yeah. games like that. But boy, just mm-hmm. to watch a game that's already been played, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I burned out on that. I when I when I do consume my sports, it's like highlight packages on YouTube where mm-hmm. you see just the things. Yeah. So oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. I'll search for a player and, and mm-hmm. watch a you know set of highlights. Oh, I've done that I, with Ozzy Smith a lot. I, I've been so enjoying the the last dance. Michael Jordan Bulls. I, yeah, I haven't started watching that. Oh, but that's more of so your childhood. Than yeah, childhood. That, it's like total nostalgic. But uh, Michael Jordan has a potty mouth. I, well, I've learned. But most most <laughs> yeah. professional athletes. I know, do. I know. But it's it's my naive little me that's yeah, kind of being sheltered from it. I'm being crushed. I I actually admire <laughs> that part of you. You kinda, yeah. Uh, there's like a. Well, I'm just going to say this. I hope it doesn't sound weird, but <laughs> you have a beautiful innocence to you. My wife has oh. it too, and I just put that in your Twitter bio. Beautiful yes, beautiful innocence. innocence. Yeah, me. Yeah. I'm just kind of a sarcastic, you know, person who unfortunately probably sees too much, <laughs> and, and I'm a cynical jerk. So it, it, it balances oh, itself. Right. We've, we found Feng Shui on the podcast. All right, let's talk about right, that. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of that. Yeah, right. Back to the Augsburg Confession. Yes. yes. Augsburg Confession, Article Three. On the Son of God, we get to talk oh. about Jesus for four. I thought you were going to say an an apology. Oh, that sorry. was kind of our shtick. Remember? No, I don't. It's been a while <laughs> since we recorded. Yeah. So art, Article uh, Two, Augsburg the Augsburg Confession, Confession, and the apology. And the apology. Of the there you go. Sorry. Right. Which is not saying I'm sorry, but a, an a explanation right. and defense. Yes. Yep. Sorry about that. And well, we we can start with this even before you read it. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to have some fun talking about this. This article is exhibits number one, two, and three, why the phrase, that's too Catholic, 
is one of the most inappropriate phrases for the Protestant church to be saying because in this article, even according to the Roman response to the Augsburg Confession, Mm -hmm. we are in 100% agreement with the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in, 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 in the most obnoxious sense... Mm-hmm. That's too Catholic. Uh, the two natures of the Son of God are too Catholic for you, then, because the then it's too Christian. Yeah, the the mm-hmm. Roman Catholics did not disagree with this article no. in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. No, and it's a beautiful article about the second person of the Trinity, our yeah. Lord and Savior Jesus Ooh, Christ. Trinity, and yep. before we got Ooh, vocation, Trinity. Well hey man, the two natures of Christ are are a wonderful aspect yeah. of the Trinity that I have enjoyed studying <clears throat> out. So. Hmm. I'm kind of happy. We're actually really continuing mm-hmm. the discussion about the Trinity. Yeah, God. right. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we've kept uh, Brian's motor running for this one. Yes. Yeah. Get your motor running. <laughs> so. All right. Yeah, with, with that said, uh, let's read the Article 3, Augsburg Confession. of Book of Concord. Book of Concord. The public domain version of it. I feel like have, we've been out of this yeah, so long right. that we're struggling getting into yes. our little thing. But, I, blame you know. the, I blame the murder hornets. We need like a clip of flame saying, Book of Concord. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. call it back up. Now reading from yeah, the Book right. of Concord, yes. public domain. <laughs> All right. So it, it's the title is Of the Son of God, Article 3. Also, they teach that the word, that is, the Son of God, did assume the human nature in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so that there are two natures, the divine and the human, inseparably enjoined in one person, one Christ, one true God and true man, who was born of the Virgin Mary, truly suffered, was crucified, dead, and buried, and that he might reconcile the Father unto us and be a sacrifice not only for original guilt, but also for all actual sins of men. He also descended into hell and truly rose again the third day. Afterward, he ascended into heaven, that he might sit on the right hand of the Father and forever reign and have dominion over all creatures, and sanctify them that believe in him by sending the Holy Ghost into their hearts to rule, comfort, and quicken them, and to defend them against the devil and the power of sin." The same Christ shall openly come again to judge the the quick and the dead, etc., according to the Apostles' Creed. All right, that's it. Amen. Amen. When I was a kid, I thought that because I ran slow, I wouldn't be saved. Yeah, the quick and the... I didn't know what that word meant as a kid. Uh, it the is revived, funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, all those little words that we have to explain. And I was a part of a church in college, a very liturgical church. That the pastor of that church told me of a massive church controversy they had when in there, they they had it was like a liturgical handbook mm-hmm. that you would move through the liturgy of the church, and they had them reprinted. And one of the the things they added in the the reprinting was an asterisk behind quick in the Apostles' Creed with a footnote that said living. Yeah. And apparently, and this was, oh, I don't know, 70s or 80s when it happened, apparently people just lost their minds that Mm. that was like adding to the Apostles' Creed that they would even make that distinction. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just interesting some things, uh, sometimes the things the church gets mad about. Yeah, right. And how we can just return to let your reasonableness be known. The Lord is at hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I I wonder if that verse is just not included in some people's Bibles. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, 
But boy, I just really thought yeah. about um, John, the Gospel of right. John, because mm-hmm. it, and even the Epistle of John speaks so strongly about the two natures of Christ, mm-hmm. about the fact that the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as mm-hmm. of the Son, uh, full of grace and true Son of God. So the whole two natures of Christ are even mm-hmm. in the first chapter of the Gospel of John, and mm-hmm. really kind of interwoven, you know, through the seven I am statements, and how a lot of times His language will be like, I'm talking as the Son of God, now I'm talking as the mm-hmm. emptied Savior of the world. And yep. it's just, it's it's really astounding to me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and if you really, talking about John, if you really want to find a verse that encapsulates uh, this confession that the Lutherans are making that, that forms the basis of it, it's really John one fourteen. Yeah. We've mm-hmm. talked about that yep. already a couple times on the podcast, but it... It, it's always worth talking about because it, that verse is just so jam-packed, oh, my word. full of theology. Yep. But, I mean, in the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our starting point for understanding what the church is confessing about Christ. Mm-hmm. If you take any element of that verse away, you start to lose the whole Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's it's extraordinary. I always, I've explained it this way. I don't know if anyone is a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Um, but if you <laughs> think of the TARDIS, the, the vehicle, that police box he travels in, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> this verse is bigger on the inside. Yeah. There's uh, so much to That's it. That's really good. good. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> we just started watching through classic Doctor Who episodes. Oh, wow. In the mid-60s. So, yeah. yeah. Um, this, this is so powerful to me because yeah, I was going to say what what gets your what gets you fired up about this doctor and this teaching. Well, number one, the miraculous nature of the person of Christ. Number one, uh, number two, what personally strikes me is what he gave up to take on human flesh for mm-hmm. us, for me. The fact that he emptied himself. I know off uh, Mike, we were talking about Philippians chapter two, mm-hmm. how he em- emptied himself. That's another verse that's like the TARDIS is bigger on the inside. <laughs> to understand as best we can the fact that Jesus gave up all honor, rank, and privilege as a second person of the Trinity, mm-hmm. emptied himself, not separated himself from uh, the deity or the, the God nature of Jesus Christ but chose to empty himself and become fully human like his brothers and sisters in every respect is extraordinary to me. And I love how the Gospel of John begins like Genesis. In the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Word was with us. The Word was God. And nothing was made without him, you know, that was made. And and just the creator triune God is now creating new Mm -hmm. life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who took on human flesh. Mm Mm-hmm. And did become like us in every way, yeah. and so just the length and the um, the depth in which God went through in order to save us is just mm-hmm. extraordinary to me. Yeah, and how we'll never understand that, and that for some reason gives me peace. That I'll never wrap my head around the two natures of Christ. I remember in seminary we yeah, all had to read. I was just going to say the Chemnitz yeah, book. Two natures yeah. of Christ. Oh, man, my head hurts some days. You know, yeah. you'd get into, especially when it talked about the communication uh, of the two natures after the resurrection, and that was crazy. And then to be so careful in how you talk about the two natures of Christ and the incarnation, making sure that in Christ's incarnation, you never separate the God nature of Jesus Christ from the human nature, but in some mysterious way, he 
set that aside, mm-hmm. muted it. I don't know, whatever word you want to try to use. Um, I know Old Testament theology, I'm sorry, not, I'm, I want to restate that. Older uh, theological writings on this, you know, in the 1500s, used the word muted. And, you know, you don't want to think about a color being dimmed, but like on an audio board. You know, if you've got audio signal going through an audio board, the, the power is still there, but if you push the mute button, the power is still there. It's just not being used. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, one of the things about it is it's one of the great mysteries of mm-hmm. the church. And you get to a point like the Trinity where you start to try to come up with these analogies, and, and we do, and actually I think that's a pretty good one. But you often end up in heresy if you do it wrong. The the, the prevailing one in, in Luther's time that was being rejected um, I think it was some Roman Catholic theologians that had come up with this idea of two boards being glued together. Yes. Yep. And and the the problem with that image, well, you get what it's trying to, you know, explain or teach. Yep. But every, every illustration breaks down yeah, after a there's while. There's two separate boards still. And yeah. You can't glue two boards together and make them one board. Yeah. Actually, that was the Antiochian belief, and then because you had the Alexandria, you mm-hmm. had Antioch, and then Rome, Leo the Great is the one who actually straightened it out. Uh, Leo the Great wrote Leo's Tome, mm-hmm. which talks about the two natures of Christ and the hypostatic union in the way we now believe, teach, and confess mm-hmm. according to the Chalcedonian Creed. And yeah, so that that was a heresy mm-hmm. that it was like taking two hands and, yeah, right. and kind of putting them together. And that just wasn't enough mm-hmm. to satisfy what the text of Scripture stated. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of a, I just heard an uh, interview of Hans Feeney where he said the best illustration he's heard about the Trinity is Neapolitan ice cream. And uh, I just uh, like, cra- cracked up at that. <laughs> Isn't that partialist? <laughs> well, no, because he, he said, because you take a scoop out and. and it, Depends on which way you scoop it. Because yeah, with right. Neapolitan ice cream, I was just always. <laughs> <scooping> <laughs> I think the only, honestly, the only. He said the closest one. He, the, yeah, the only analogy it, it that it I'm comfortable down. using one times the one is times the one, one times one yeah. times yeah. one equals one. Well, right. It's the same thing. And, you know, Pastor Feeney gets to it at the end of his great, you know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, modalism. Patrick. His uh, St. Patrick's bad analogy. Yeah. Is you just you know it's you know Trinity and Unity and Unity and Divinity and, and mm-hmm. you, there there comes a point where you just have to confess it and yeah. mm-hmm. the same yeah. thing same with two with natures two of natures in Christ. Christ what yeah. we have to say rather than try to explain it is there is one Christ mm-hmm. but two natures yeah you know it's always yeah, one that's Christ true. yeah it's, it's very similar it has the same flavor no <laughs> stop it. Uh. I see there was, what you did there. There was a theologian that I, I, I actually really respect. I, I can't say I agree with everything yeah. he said, but he said this, and I, I agree with this. We'll never comprehend the Trinity or the two natures of Christ, but we can apprehend it so as to dialogue according to how Scripture has revealed it. Hmm. Well, and, it, and these mysteries actually allow us to kind of flex a very important Lutheran muscle when it comes to interpreting Scripture. Wait, wait, wait. Lutheran muscle? Lutheran muscle, yeah. Think but about it. The Lutheran and Catholic muscle is the same in this regard. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but the, 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 the Lutheran principle of imp- interpretation here mm-hmm. really yeah. helps it is we go as far yeah. yes, as Scripture yes, yes. allows us to go and, and no we discuss more, yeah. it freely mm-hmm. and then we stop. In that sense, yeah. I retract what I just said. Yeah, you so, should. Yeah, and I, nah. Trust me. <laughs> I thought you were talking just about the two natures of Christ. So no, no, no. 
but it's, you know, it's, you know, we don't go farther than what Scripture says. And Scripture permits us yeah. where we have the revealed word to discuss it, yep. uh, to teach it, to yep. revel in it, to explain it in, in whatever else might have. But, it you know, the, the, the three greatest mysteries of the church, and I can't remember which Lutheran theologian defined this, are the Trinity. And then the two natures in Christ, and mm-hmm. then the sacraments, yeah. mm-hmm. right, and and how all of those work. Yeah. Uh, it's not that the Lutherans don't talk about the sacraments. It's not that the Lutherans don't talk about the two natures of Christ. And it's yeah. not that the Lutherans don't talk about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. But we stop where Scripture stops. Instead yeah. of trying to rationalize rationalize our way, Good. you know, through a brick wall, yeah. and and then find ourselves like, whoa, how did I get into this room? I don't know anything that's going on, right? Or you start to use intellect and philosophy to cut out a piece of the puzzle we weren't given. Yeah. And you just kind of make mm-hmm. up your own little thing. Or you That's isolate good. something that isn't meant to be isolated exactly. and you get into really weird discussions. Or trying mm-hmm. to like be forensic or scientific yep. in certain things we can't mm-hmm. be. You know, so we embrace the mystery, and that's yep. that's what you're getting at. There is we go as far as Scripture goes, and we wrestle with Scripture in the sense that we seek to understand through the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. God's original intended meaning, how He's chosen to reveal it. But yet at the same time, we, as you said, stop where Scripture stops, mm-hmm. and think of Pastor Haugen, mm-hmm. uh, who said that multiple times as I was in seminary, yeah. and it took me a while to understand what he said because it's easy not to do that. It's easy to take that extra step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, you would say, and and I don't know how I feel about, it, but in some aspects, parts of Lutheran theology are very uh, intellectually unsatisfying. <laughs> but we have to let that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've ministered to you know several people who have come into the Lutheran Church out of other denominations, whatever they might be. And always the biggest hesitation is the sacraments. Mm -hmm. And it's how does it work this way? Why does it work this way? And you get to a point, you say, I don't know. But what I do know is what scripture has told me. Mm -hmm. I cling to that truth. And and it's coming to learn that and Mm -hmm. accept that this is what we're going to have with Christ. And I think, you know, just before the episode ends here, rounding back to what we originally started Mm -hmm. talking about with John 1.14, uh, it's a marvelous thing to behold the ways in which this verse talks about the deity of Christ. It's, it's, you, you've kind of got this, this pattern of A, B, A, mm-hmm. referring to Christ's nature is in John 1, 14. So the deity of Christ is mentioned first, the word mm-hmm. became flesh. And so that became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the human nature of Christ. Mm-hmm. But the word became flesh, that's the divine nature of Christ, and then dwelt among us, and we beheld his Glory, mm-hmm. uh, the only as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the divine nature is dis- is described by John as the Word. So that takes us back to the kind of the opening of John's Gospel, John one one through five, mm-hmm. in discussing it, and then we we get to talk about his glory a little bit later. Yeah. But you know, again, even when thinking about the Word, so many commentators kind of go to this Greek philosophical, uh, you know, if, you re- if you've read any commentaries on John 1, the commentators can't help but bring up this idea of the logos in mm-hmm. Philo, yeah. is, mm-hmm. the, is the Greek Jewish mm-hmm. philosopher. Yep. Yep. And I, I'm not convinced that's where John would have us go. And, and it could be he's making a subtle commentary on it, but it's certainly not the primary commentary on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in John 1.14, we learn much more about the nature of God's word 
than we do about Greek philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think John one eighteen speaks a lot to what you're talking about mm-hmm. here too. You know that um, no one has ever seen God. You know the eternal, internal aspect of the Trinity. We talked about that a few episodes ago. The only God, Jesus, who is in the Father's bosom at the Father's side, He has made Him known. That's the part of the logos that John is getting at, and I believe that's that's his definition of what we should hold to as per Scripture. Yeah, and and so you get Philippians one. You know, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and mm-hmm. so we have got that physicality of God's appearance. But mm-hmm. beyond that, when when God opens his mouth to speak in Scripture, it's Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, God speaks, and through Christ the world was created, and that's in Philippians and Colossians, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and here in John one. But it it's again, a great opportunity for us to pause, Mm -hmm. think about the Word of God. The purpose of the Word of God is to deliver us Christ. Mm -hmm. And so in in all four of the Gospels, and especially here in John, as he's structuring his Gospel, when Jesus shows up on the scene in the flesh, it's the apex of Mm -hmm. Scripture, Mm. and it's the apex of human history, and they're meeting perfectly. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. that's That's the nature of what we're confessing with the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so keeping those two natures distinct are, is greatly important because another heresy mm-hmm. uh, was that those two natures intermingled and became a third thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't have a Hercules, you know, in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah. He's not like, you know, a third thing. He is fully God and fully human. Mm-hmm. Uh, never did the two natures ever intermingle or commingle. They always st- stayed distinct and separate, yet mm-hmm. he is one undivided person. Hmm. Two natures, one person. And that, that idea of nature, again, it's you have some some groups in the Pentecostal tradition that will not ascribe a divine nature to Jesus, but refer to that as the anointing. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really abuse mm-hmm. the term Christ there. Mm-hmm. And so like it's been labeled the New Apostolic Reformation or whatever you want to call it, is that after Jesus died, he was separated from the anointing. Mm. And he went to heaven without – Jesus went to heaven, Christ stayed on earth, and that was the gift God gave to the church. Mm. And so that's where you get all of this utter nonsense of of the new prophets and us being little gods and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It is it is absolutely crucial to our confession as mm-hmm. Christians, not yeah. just Lutherans. Yeah, right. As Christians. going to say I love that Apostles' our, Creed, Nicene yeah, exactly. Creed. Mm-hmm. Our Christ is fully divine and fully human, mm-hmm. but one person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just want to encourage the listener, um, I know we're going to be wrapping it up here, but I may, may maybe your eyes are glazing over right now, <laughs> and I want to encourage you, and I'm going to give you an analogy. I want to encourage he wasn't you looking at to, me, push, just... to, push through, no, to, to push through this because it's, it's worth it. Um, in a relationship with your husband and wife, what if you were married to a spouse who basically called you by the wrong name? Every day. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, called your parents by, by the wrong name. And, um, you know, forgot where your heritage was and um, constantly uh, used misinformation to describe you and who you are. Of course, you wouldn't feel loved and you wouldn't feel respected. We are the bridegroom. No. Or he is the bridegroom. We are the bride <laughs> of Jesus Christ. Thank you for pointing your finger at me. I, <laughs> I stand corrected. We Heresy are the bride. Christ yeah, right. is the bridegroom. Get to know your bridegroom. Yep. God yeah. has revealed our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and preserved it in his holy word. Be 
the bride that seeks to know everything that you mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. about the bridegroom who gave himself for you. Yep. Well, and you'll hear me say this time and time again. All good doctrine, all good theology is simultaneously practical and relevant. And what we're going to talk about next week on the episode, and some good segue into your Bible verse, what we're going to talk about next week mm-hmm. on the episode is if you take away, away either one of the natures of Christ, if you miss on his divinity or you miss on his humanity, you lose redemption. We're not saved. Yep. yep. It, it goes right out the window. And so this might seem like overly finite Mm-hmm. you know, doctrinalizing to coin that word, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's, it's really, not. It's, it's same thing as if you miss the Trinity, it's crucial. you lose salvation. If you miss on Christ, you lose salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to read a little bit larger portion of scripture, yeah. but I believe it to yep. be worth That's it. Good. Uh, Colossians chapter one, I'm going to begin in verse th- 13. It's speaking about Jesus Christ. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning beginning the firstborn from the dead, and in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 3 of the Augsburg Confession. God bless you and have a great week.